Hi. 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 Uh, not that long, not that far from last time. <laughs> yeah, so with a presence of forethought that is nothing short of a miracle, I noticed that I was going <laughs> to be on a vacation next week. And we pre- we're, so we're pre-recording an episode. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, we, we heard we heard your feedback, and we're accommodating. <laughs> you know what? We're listening. We're listening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not doing. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, what what's uh, what's this episode going to be like? Do we have enough time to gather anything to talk about, or are we just? I gonna... think we have some stuff to talk about. Oh really? So it's not just going to be our video game episode? Yeah, I've got a few things to talk about. We could, <laughs> okay, we could sprinkle it in. We've done that in the past. <laughs> uh-huh. um, a few days ago, I sent you a video to Monster Factory for Fallout Four. Did you happen to watch that? Oh my god, no, I, I forgot. Yeah, okay. I've been uh, sort of pounding away at things, and I, I that one slipped. I meant to watch that. Okay, so Monster Factory is a YouTube channel by the brothers, or sorry, a YouTube series on the Polygon YouTube channel by the brothers McElroy. Yeah, who uh, work for uh, Polygon still most of them, don't they? Um, I think one of them maybe launched it and still writes, but doesn't. Like, oh, really? Doesn't run it? There was a whole thing. I don't know. I don't know the detail. That, I, I think saw... at least one of them, they talk about, the way they talk yeah. about it, it sounds like at least one of them still like gets a paycheck. Still does from, a thing, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, which was a detail about them I only learned kind of recently. I'd never really put that together. But anyway, Polygon's like a blog for gaming and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Is that a good way to put it? So um, <laughs> Why not? Monster Factory is a YouTube series by... Uh, who God, I can't keep Griffin them all straight. Justin, Griffin right? and Justin McElroy, yeah. I believe. Uh, and they any game that you can create a character, <laughs> like create the face <laughs> and like you yeah. know features yeah. of how a character looks, mm-hmm. they will play and make the character as ugly as possible, like truly, just a grotesquerie. <laughs> <laughs> and truly so the hideous. One, Truly, um, yeah, objectively hideous. <laughs> and uh, the the series, and then they they play the game through it, and they but they do like a kind of a mystery science theater approach to, <laughs> uh-huh. to the game. <laughs> live commentary, live commentary as they play, and they they kind of speed it speed it along. They kind of cut out a lot of the stuff till they get to the jokes. Ah, okay. But it's um so you don't have to watch like a full. You don't have to watch them play through. Fallout yeah. for two hours to hear thirty minutes worth of funny stuff, right? So they they um, but they play the game as this just disgusting <laughs> character. <laughs> that and sounds they, pretty they come good. up with a whole backstory for why they look that way, and they come up with a ridiculous name for them and stuff. So it's just it's so funny, and the, so the one the series on Fallout Four is truly one of the best of Monster Factory. So I sent that to you. I really think you would like it. I bet even Marielle would like it. It's super funny. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Solid stuff. Solid stuff. Um, what, what else is new in video game land? Um, uh, oh, I, I, I um, scooped up uh, Skyrim, the VR version, mm-hmm. Elder Scrolls V. I 
game from 2011. <laughs> yeah. But they, you know, it was on sale. It was on kind of a wicked sale because they wanted another 60 bucks for, let's be honest, uh, it's the it's the original version of the game with a patch on it that makes it sort of work for VR. Yeah. They didn't, it's not a recode and it's not even really changing the control scheme. They just kind of made it work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I was kind of hesitant um, because the reviews are actually pretty hard to parse because it was a PSVR exclusive when it first came out. Oh, right. uh, And the reviews are pretty poor. Um, PSVR is apparently not that great a machine. The, the PS4 itself is not really strong enough to do VR. So when they, when they do it, they're dealing with a headset that is pretty low resolution. And mm-hmm. I guess it doesn't really have a full six degrees of freedom or something. There's something different about its um, yeah, tracking. Yeah, or I think it, it only uses the PlayStation camera as the reference point. Okay. And then, yeah. So you probably just have head turning it. and you don't have any any positional. Maybe, yeah. Anyway, um, um, yeah, so it, it comes off as, as a little bit iffy and the controls are very weird. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, something like a year later, they did port it to the, port the PV, PC versions to this and Xbox and stuff too, but on... The differences on on PC now we have reasonable VR headsets with actual controllers, so you can actually do everything correctly, including fluid motion, because all you could do in the PlayStation One was teleport. Right. It wasn't that a motion sickness problem, though. Well, it's still an option for people who okay. have motion sickness issues in yeah. VR, um, because that's common. But uh, there's something like there was no way to not do that on the PlayStation like so in yeah. order to like take a step backwards you had to like hold the stick and put it to your chest oh, yeah, and that so would like, like signal the machine to go backwards and so imagine trying to do that while you're fighting fighting mm-hmm. by the way happens by swinging your arms to and and like you mm-hmm. know shooting fire out of your palms and stuff like that so it got things got iffy but anyway i haven't gotten to try it out but i i'm pretty sure it'll at least be fun you know for 20 dollars maybe not for 60 yeah. Yeah. Um, fighting, you know, you, some of the monsters are pretty impressive. Yeah, dragons, like, I remember them feeling pretty cool on my 32-inch monitor, so when they are towering 25 feet over me, I'm pretty sure they're going to feel pretty yeah. cool. Plus, on, on the PC versions, you can install the mods so you can fix all right. the, the extremely aged graphics. Yeah, I was going to say, like, the, the texture packs and stuff. Like, right. they... Because um, it isn't the HD remaster that they ported over. Yeah. So with Borderlands 3 coming out in early September, Mm -hmm. did you ever play Borderlands? No, is that the one where everybody wears gas masks? Uh, It's, there are some gas masks, but (laughs) I don't think everyone, no. It's one with Claptrap and, um, (laughs) is that a robot uh, character? Is that an emotion or what is that? (laughs) Claptrap is the the robot character that kind of, guides your way through the story. Okay. Um, it is truly the first, uh, I don't know if it's the first, but it is the, uh, the king of all looter shooter, first person shooter type games. Okay. Yeah. Random weapon rolls, perks, you know, perk trees that you can totally crazy customize. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's also just a hilarious game. The dialogue is exceptionally funny. Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of it from Claptrap, who's just like a, a robot that's just pretty sassy. And <laughs> <laughs> so Borderlands 3 is coming out. It's been like maybe almost 10 years, I think, since oh. anything from Borderlands has come that's out. That's a lot older than I thought it was. Yeah. So with the release of that, they put out Borderlands 
one Game of the Year edition ported up to PS4 because it was originally PS3. PS3 then, maybe yeah. uh, I don't want to say it's PS2. That seems too PS2 old. PS2 is like Final Fantasy 10. Yeah, so maybe <laughs> must have been PS3. So they ported the Game of the Year edition up to PS4, and then. Borderlands 2 Handsome Jack Collection, which is like the full, all the DLCs and yeah. stuff. Um, that became one of the free games for PlayStation Plus, if you're a member of that. Uh, and they included a, if you have a PlayStation Pro, a high-res texture pack that oh, came cool. with that. So it would like auto-up-res to 4K. Nice. And like all new high-res high, high, um, high res textures and stuff to kind of bring it up to 2019. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then also they released a new DLC for Borderlands 2 all these years later uh, to bridge the uh-huh. gap, bridge the story gap from two to three. Oh, okay. Yeah. Pretty that's, cool. That's idea. cool. Yeah. Yeah. I can dig that. <clears throat> that That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, well, not that I've been playing any other video games besides elite, but I've been playing Spider-Man <laughs> on PS4, which is just, the friggin' greatest. If you're on the fence about getting it, absolutely get it. It's come down in price since launch, so it's uh, it's so good, it's so fun. That's that's all. Cool. Yeah. No, I haven't played. No, it looks cool. I haven't played it. Yeah. I wasn't gonna I say anything about it. I don't. No, I don't um, deserve to. But I think one of my favorite details of it is that when you fast travel in the game, the loading screen is Spider-Man on the subway. <laughs> Which is way not as fast as he can really get around. Well, if you're going all, you have the entire island of Manhattan uh, available to you in the game. So you, if you're going all the way uptown from all the way downtown, it does make a little more sense to fast travel unless you just want to have an absolute blast and swing from building to building. I was meaning like in reality. Yeah. Compared to how he typically travels, the subway right. would be mighty slow. <laughs> it's so funny, too, because the loading screen, he's just, like, sitting on the subway, like, looking at his phone. Or, you know, <laughs> someone's reading the paper, and it's like, you know, Spider-Man at large. <laughs> he's, like, yeah. standing right next to him. Or some guy sleeping on his shoulder. It's very, very He's funny. in uniform? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's, he's just very like, hey, guys, you know, I'm just taking the subway like a normal person. <laughs> just like the mayor. Yeah. And what's great is... Uh, I mentioned this to you that, but as the MCU expands, they're adding skins for the like. You get new suits throughout the game that are upgrades to your other suit and stuff right. like that. So as MCU is expanding, they just added suits from Spider-Man: Far From Home, from um, Infinity War, all that kind of stuff. They nice. come with you know unique abilities that were kind of highlighted in those movies and stuff, which is very cool. Right on. And it's all free. I mean, those updates are free, so it's yeah. neat up. Cool. It's cool. Um, so, uh, do you have a pedal this week? Well, um, you could you could say that. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I yeah, meant um, you know what I meant. No, I don't have a pedal. I, pedal. It hasn't been enough. See, because of this this pre-record. Yeah. So for some reason, my mail guy just did not go to work on Monday and I was going to ship out the pedal on Monday and it, they just yeah. never came. So it only shipped out yesterday. So I don't have a new one yet from pedal genie. Not that I would have, if it went on Monday, but I'm just yeah. so annoyed at my mailman for not coming for no reason. I've got one on the way. I'd probably get here tomorrow or something, but, <laughs> um, but me being so cryptic just now is because I do have the HX stomp here with me. Yeah. So I figured we kind of talk about that a little bit. Sure. Sure. We can circle back around. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this will be a freeform 
possibly short. Ep- oh, I, I almost said we were going to have a short episode. That means we'll go for an hour, to f- an hour and a half. Where's, I can't find my bell. Oh, okay. This is that episode then. Where? Oh my God. Where is it? This is weird. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> where am I? What year is it? Um, <laughs> well, it doesn't usually uh, deviate from kind of this this area. <laughs> Arms reach. Arms, yeah. Uh, but I have been tearing my desk apart as I established set up with HX Stomp. So that's all right. Wow. Um, where? Uh, oh, here it is. Oh, just in time. It was, okay. it was behind the computer. Okay. Label. All right. Yeah, so let's um, let's do some kind of a podcast or something. Thanks to Pedal Genie for sponsoring the Tone Control. Visit pedalgenie.com and start your wishlist today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was talking to fan of the show Brian, because Brian, Bodacious Brian, runs a Helix rig now. Uh, he sent us a photo of his whole setup. Oh, actually, let me pull up... Um, I can't find my phone. Um, he <laughs> sent us, what uh, year? <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see. Do, 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 do. Okay, so Brian runs a um, a Helix rig, a, a full blown like the Helix floor the model. Oh, the floor. Like, he's, he's using the floor one, um, and he's got the um, the Seymour Duncan Power Stage. Yeah, that amp that, that fits on a pedal board. Yeah, uh, it's a super high headroom, clean power amp. And yeah. with that, you can go directly into a guitar cab. So it, it allows the Helix or a Kemper or a Fractal or whatever. Um, whatever thing. Whatever thing to act as the guitar amp. Whatever toninator. Amp, blah, blah. Well, yeah, whatever toninator is toninating. Into the so, ampinator. Yes. Into so the cabinet. We, we kind of, a couple episodes ago, we talked about that the big helix can run split like dual signal paths. Yeah. And I could not think of a reason why one would want to do that other than it's super fun and just because Yeah. why not why not have like a crazy setup because it sounds cool. Yeah. Um he says one place where it comes in handy is with my bass player who just bought a helix rack. Uh, I have his bass signal split into parallel signal chains. The first one has a low cut on it, eliminating everything below 200 hertz. The amp situation is an Ampeg with a dark glass pedal for distortion. The other channel has a high high cut on it, eliminating everything above 12K. Uh, And the amp is a, a GK. No effects on the second chain. This gives him... Uh, some good crisp distortion on his high frequencies and leaves the low frequencies super clean. Wait, what the second one is is low passed at 12K? Is that uh, what he said? The second channel eliminates everything above 12K. Okay. Not, not much not much bass above 12K. <laughs> I mean, it depends on a few other factors, yeah. I guess, but... Th- Maybe with the dark glass. I mean, Brian can probably just message you gotta, me. You got to understand, like, 12K is, like, that's way the fuck up there. Way the fuck up there. But I'm wondering if it's, like, fret noise, like the clicky of strings on frets. Uh, most or, guitars or, no. are just the speakers themselves don't even reproduce that high. Okay. Like, at all. Maybe it's a typo then. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I thought um, what it sounded like he was going to say, 
Send him a send him a text. <laughs> this he's he's got this. He's this, I think something might be wrong. So he um, what it sounded well, like let me, is let me finish. He says those can either be routed to a single output for use with a real cab or stereo outputs um, to be blended during recording or yeah. live if just running to a desk. Right. Well, I totally yeah. get with bass uh, splitting, uh, treating your lows different from your everything else's. Um, that's mm-hmm. why I'm expecting. I was expecting that second one to be like. And that's just the 90 and below or whatever. I, I routinely treat bass that way in a mix. So I'll have I'll have a duplicate of the mm-hmm. track and uh, high pass sometimes 300 or higher even sometimes. Like really, really high pass it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the fuzzy distorted one. And then the other one might only be like 120 hertz and below. And I'm leaving a big chunk out of the middle, but depending on you you play with the phase because uh, you what happens is whenever you're filtering it's not like a it's not like an l uh it's a yeah. it's a curve right like the filter is so many decibels per octave so there's a bunch of overlap and depending on if one of the channels might need the phase to be flipped but the, the mid-range will still be there mm-hmm. um, but anyway that's what i thought he was saying because that's 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 a thing that yeah. that i've heard of um maybe that's maybe that's so, what I meant. Well, anyway, I just wanted to mention that um, yeah. because I I have the HX stop now. I've had it for about a week, and it's yeah. absolutely mind blowing. Like it is, I, I'm still struggling with my stupid guitar player lizard brain, like uh, thinking, trying to think of guitar signal processing in more ways than just straight through a bunch of gear input to output. Right, because you don't have to think about it that way. I don't have to, right. And I've never had a guitar, a physical guitar rig that would allow for that very easily. And I didn't really want that before. I wanted the simplicity of, you know, I can get my guitar set up going in like under 10 minutes, provided there's electricity. That's that's the thing. So um, in kind of talking with Brian about this, he suggested we do our our own bodacious Brian's (laughs) big, big rigs and also sometimes litter rigs too. And I was like, that's a great idea. We haven't talked about this in a while. I think in the very, very first episode, we touched on the kind of gear that we use. Yeah. But that was a long time ago now, and a lot of things have changed. A lot of things have changed. Yeah. We've moved houses and stuff like that. Right. Like- <laughs> uh, right. Sold gear, bought new gear, you know, built pedal yeah. boards, dismantled pedal boards, all kinds of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, I wrote mine down, um, which, because I had it just in front of me, basically. <laughs> but, um, Cheater. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I don't have it here at the house, so I can't like glance down and look at it. I figure your stuff is at least within arm's reach, probably. Yeah, more or, or less. Take. More or less. I can look room. at it. <laughs> yeah. So for me, um, the guitar of choice these days has been like Fender body shaped guitars that have a Gibson style setup on them. So. Telecasters with humbuckers is what I'm telling you. Mm, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have the guitar that I built has two humbuckers in it. Uh, this one next to me that I just got 
has the Seymour Duncans in it, and it sounds great. Um, but I have many other guitars. I have a PRS uh, Zach Myers SE, also humbucker equipped, but other things. I have a 72 Tele custom reissue with a single coil, a Strat. Uh, I have a proper Gibson Les Paul um, that doesn't really see a lot of outside the house work. But, doesn't um, like to get picked up. Doesn't no, like to get carried I, around. I play it a lot at home. Um, I just I know how it looks, kind of at at shows, you know. And I don't necessarily want to. I don't want to be like uh, it's it's a target. It, it feels like a target, you know. Oh man. I, okay. So this is this is actually information right now. Yeah, maybe it's because I haven't put a scratch in it yet, or I haven't had it very long, or uh, something like okay. that. But I just, I, I'm hesitant to bring it to some sweaty, dirty, smelly rock club. I thought you were just telling, you were just meaning that, like, if you bring it out, you're going to hear about it from people, and people are going to start talking. Like Gibson uh, is polarized. That might happen. That's um, not what you I, meant. No, I meant like if any of my gear is going to get stolen. It says Gibson oh. right on the case, you know, like I just, yeah, yeah. and it's not a Les Paul studio. So like, yeah, it's, 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 oh, this is so shitty for me to say it's a guitar worth stealing. <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I'm so yeah, yeah. like cautious because it, it took me a long time to get it. Yeah. And it, it took me a, a lot of money to get and pay it off. So like, I just, it feels risky. Yeah. Yeah. So I use it at home. All the damn time. I love it. I bring it to practice and that kind of stuff. So Yeah, I've seen it uh, in a lot of videos. Yep. It's, it's a, yawning. It's a, I'm yawning, an, everybody. This is what happens when we podcast on the off week. <laughs> this is supposed to be my resting week. <laughs> right, you're like a baseball pitcher, right? So you, you throw and then you can't play for 10 days. Or <laughs> so um, at home, I just grab a guitar, whatever I'm kind of feeling that day. And then at home here, I've got a little tiny pedal board with some very simple effects, uh, a simple reverb, a simple bucket brigade delay, uh, with just regular delay controls, nothing crazy. Um, I have an old uh, MIJ Boss BF2 flanger, which kind of doesn't, I don't know, it's not my favorite sound, but it's a cool vintage pedal that I have, so I like to play with it. <laughs> um, and then I was using kind of amp drives via a tiny orange micro terror that is mostly just serving as a practice amp. Um <laughs> It's got a master volume on it, so you can juice it up. Sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, but I did just get the small sound, big sound mini from Righteous Ryan. So that's been kind of the main drive sound these days. Um, although, now, introduce the HX Stomp. I can do whatever the hell I want, anytime I want. Doesn't anywhere. matter. Anywhere. On a, on a goddamn anywhere. airplane. I could. So it's... It's bus it's, powered, it, isn't it? No, it, it requires a very serious power supply. Oh, Probably uh, not. And, and actually, it gets really warm when it's operating. <laughs> okay. It, it's this thing is cooking. So actually, <laughs> hang on. It's it requires uh, three amps. Oh yikes! At nine. Yeah, at nine volts. Yep. Right. So it's not going to run off your your Voodoo Lab thing. It, it comes with its own power supply that it is truly totally dedicated. Um, but three it's three amps. It's so I wonder if it would wild. run on mine. <laughs> I can't. I, I built one from scratch just because I mm-hmm. back in back in the day. Uh, I wonder how much I rated it for. Huh. Line six says like you're on your own if you plug it into something else. Yeah, pretty much. So we give you a power supply. Please use it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it will break stuff because it, it'll. That's the thing about amps is it'll draw. 
mm-hmm. so it'll burn out something. Uh, like like if if something didn't have the voltage it needed from the power supply, it just wouldn't work. But if you feed it nine volts, but it's a power supply that can't handle three amps of output, it'll melt or catch mm-hmm. fire or something. <laughs> so it's a very it's a pretty serious power supply. Like it's large, which is kind of yeah. a bummer. But um, you know, it is what it is. It's the price we pay for righteous tones. So <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out how exactly I'm going to use it in real life. But I'm just Kind of still in the honeymoon phase, messing around. I have plugged it directly into Logic over USB and messed with it that way. Uh, Line 6 provides a free uh, piece of software called HX Edit that controls the pedal from mm-hmm. your desktop. So you don't need to, excuse me, you don't need to be turning knobs and getting into system menus while you're at your desk with a guitar. You can just do it right on the screen and the yeah. pedal does the process and that's concurrent with logic and everything um it's so, not a plug-in though like it's a totally yeah, separate it's a standalone yeah. app but yeah. you can um oh okay so I, I see what you're saying it, is there a plug-in yeah so you can get helix native it's called aha and now with that that get. means you could trigger that you could use it as like a uh as like a hardware effect yeah you know, and and even trigger patch changes yeah from so your it's, DAW it's got, in the automation of your session Yep, and you've got um, <laughs> there is some wild stuff going on. They just did a major firmware update for it, so it is now fully controllable down to like you could play video games with HX Stop as the controller. It is so you could just fully, have it output signals. Yeah, over MIDI, so it could like <laughs> send anything basically. Yeah, it's it's bananas. So <laughs> not that like anyone's actually going to do that. It's not why you would buy one of these, but so well, there's is, a lot like, of people kinda, in the world, Derek. Yeah. <laughs> So let me like really quickly um, like add a sound here. So I'm going to add a distortion pedal. I'm going to add the EP booster, right? And then after that, I'll add a chorus pedal or something. A tremolo, how about that? So I don't know if you can really see on the screen here, but you can see the foot switches. If I want my tremolo on a foot switch, I just like touch this foot switch. Touch sensitive switches. Not click it. Yeah. And then click OK, and boom, it has assigned the tremolo to that foot switch. And yep. now it's just like a stomp box. It's just on off. It illuminates it on the screen, whether it's in the signal or out of the signal. You know, if I move it over and I want the EP booster on the other foot switch, I don't know if you can see these colors. I can, right? yeah. So I saw you kind of touched it, and and uh, after a second, it sort of was like, oh, you're assigning something right now. And then you clicked yeah. the knob. It's like, would you like to assign this? And you say yes. And so anything in the signal path, you can assign to a foot switch which is super cool. And then you can also assign multiple blocks to a single foot switch to toggle whatever their current state is. So right. if you want to go from like... Uh, so you like, could have them invert... Uh, what you're leading to is you could have them invert each other. So yes. you could have so if you're, a block... If your rhythm sound, yeah, if your rhythm sound is an EP booster and your your lead sound is an OCD, you can have those on a single foot switch. They just flip each other over. One's on and one's off. Click it yes. and they reverse. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so then you you soft touch, you just like capacitive touch the foot switch to toggle between the two in the edit mode. So it, it just they're both like mm-hmm. existing on the same foot switch and you can And that's how you, that, that's what we were talking them, about changes when, the, yeah. when we entered this thing and we said it had so many blocks. Right. That's just so, it's the block is a is like a control schema. Yeah, so th- if you had like an EP booster and an OCD in this example that is still yeah. two blocks, but they are controlled by a single foot switch. And right you on. can control all six blocks by a single foot switch if you want. Yeah. 
or through MIDI or expression or there's an expandable port. Like it's the expression input also handles foot switches four and five. So you can get a little two bank foot switch mm-hmm. thing that it will read. So you go from three foot switches to five. Um, out of the box, the far right switch is a tap and hold for tuner. Um, or you can set that to be foot switch three, which is what I did. Um, but if you got a four and five extension, you can make one of those tap. And there's all kinds of mm. like absolutely wild stuff. I can change the microphone on the cab. like With a foot switch. On the fly. Yeah. 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 So, It'd be a waste of a block, let's be honest. The microphone is oh, part of the but, cab block. But which... Yes. Okay. I get you. So... So, yeah, so you could have a different microphone for your clean tone by just setting yeah. up two of the same cab and then toggling between those blocks with a different same cab, different mic or something. Right. Or, yeah, right. So you're, yeah. you could do all kinds of crazy blending. And then to set up something like a stereo rig is amazingly simple. You just say, oh, send this effect to path B. Instant stereo rig. It just splits it wherever you want it to split. Mm-hmm. And then sums it back wherever you want it to put it back. Nice. It's kind of wild. Well, so there's there's got to be a limit, though, because you still have your Strymon pedal, and I'm sure you're not trading it in. No. Um, so this <laughs> is not my live rig. That's still... Uh, the, okay. That's the thing. So uh, using this at home, uh, it is... Actually, the demo for the MD500 in the last episode, the amp model was done in... The HX stop. I, th- right. I did that after I received after the, we recorded the episode. So doing using that, I use the effects loop on the thing mm-hmm. on the HX, uh, and then you add an effects loop block, which it can be assigned to a foot switch. All this crazy stuff. So I could. So run you my put entire, it in, a, in. You put it in a loop instead of before the pedal. Well, because the HX was doing the amp model also. You know what I mean? So I did the that, effects loop. I mean, it would still work if you ran so, it yeah. like right in okay. front. But yeah, you could... Right. Um, you could put... But of course, friggin- that boss is a is a multi-effects like mod thing. Mm-hmm. That's what that was. So yeah, it belongs in a loop anyway. Doesn't it? Yeah, right. Uh, you could put a friggin' compressor between the amp and the cab if you want. <laughs> you, you monster. You know, like, right, like... <laughs> You could do whatever. And the, uh, I don't know, it's just, it's so, it's almost overwhelming all the possibilities um, to choose, like, I'm going to use it for effects only. seems like a waste of half of what this thing can do. Yeah. So um, I'm using it at home. I jam on it through my amp, but using just effects. I jam on it in my office. The headphone out is incredible. It's just the full bore amp modeling straight into headphones. Sounds awesome. (laughs) Cool. Awesome. So I'll I'll demo it for the show. I'll just make a few super different sounds and yeah, amp models and all that stuff and we'll we'll just you know, listen to it.
But for live, back to Bodacious Brian's big, big rigs and also sometimes little rigs too. Um, so, so let me zoom out here for a second. I was adding this to the show notes at work and I added, you know, Brian thinks that we should do our own rigs for yeah. the segment. And I just abbreviated to B-B-B-B-R-A-A-S-L-R-T. <laughs> <laughs> and B- I, I laughed at my desk for way too long. B B B B R A A S L R T. Yeah, it yeah. just rolls off the tongue. Yeah. Br- uh, br- br- uh, nope. How do you say more than one B? <laughs> you get it. It's like. A <laughs> oh God. Brass the bad. It's like it's like. Oh, it's the like bad to the bone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's how you do it. Um, it's super fun though. It'll do bass rigs, which I can properly demo bass stuff now, uh-huh. which is really nice. Um, did bias? You had bias before though. So I did had- have bias. I still have bias, and I gotta say, I, I was kind of expecting when I plugged it into Logic to feel pretty similar. Yeah, it's a totally different animal, and mm-hmm. it is, it is truly. I mean, bias is a lot of fun. This yeah. really blows it out of the water. This. Yeah, like, man. Yeah, you I, can in bias. You can get into like, oh, I'm going to add a different transistor or a different yeah, um, transformer and change the tube and, or like stages cold bias and, these tubes. Yeah, but the baseline amp tone is not as good. Like the starting point. I th- is yeah, not I the think same. it was. It, it's too much flexibility. Uh, that's that's how it struck me too. I remember trying a demo of bias when it came out, and you know, it was only like one or two amps, but it had all the tweakability. And I, yeah. I was like, I can hear that it's changing stuff, but it doesn't make it easy to find a good tone. It's like, yeah, you know, most of the reason, most of these amps were, they came from the factory with their optimal settings, you know, mm-hmm. when people mm-hmm. f- around with the bias on them, it wasn't. Right. It wasn't like, well, I'm going to take this, you know, this EL34 amp and put 6L6s in it. Yeah, you can do that. And I did it all the time, but it didn't make it. Like suddenly the greatest amp ever made. Yeah, it you wasn't know? like, oh man, if Marshall had only figured this out in the seventies, what a <laughs> bunch of chumps! Right. No. Yeah, I was bummed about it, and and I think I said that, and I got flack at the time. This is years ago. I got flack at the time, and probably right. You know, like oh, I get plenty of good sounds out of bias. Well, sure, good. Like, yeah, you've probably got the head for it. Like, bias is the product for you. I think it's a little narrower than they wanted it to be, because I think it's, you it's gotta want to be a tweakhead. It's a product of the times, too. I mean, this is just a case of the technology is better now. Mm. Bias has been out for years. Yeah. And Helix is just running laps around them right now. Remember when, when Line 6 was like ancient yeah. history and everything was like, oh, man, between Bias and Kemper and, and, and Axe Effects, man, Line 6 must have, they must have fallen off the map and everybody just lapped them and then... You know, and then here we are. Like they, it's, yeah, it's the they, big competitor. I guess yeah. they woke up the tiger. So it's um, it's super fun. It's very compact. Um, I'm thinking about some if I want any accessories for it. But right now, it's just it's freeloading on my desk. No Velcro, no nothing. Yeah. So I think it feels to me, and I haven't haven't played them to compare, but it feels to me like Line Six is finding a way to be this kind of top-level amp model, but in a kind of simplified, maybe more elegant form factor um, to the yeah, point, like, like um, XFX obviously sounds great, but they look like they're way more complicated. 
And yeah, and I'm, I think someone who knows that, like Brian from uh, Tone Jerks, would probably say, once you know how to, this is true for anything. Sure. Once you know how to use it, it's easy. And once you know but, bias, I'm sure you could get some awesome sounds out of it. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? So, but, but that's, I mean, that's I had, the thing. I had great tones on this thing in five minutes. Yeah. And hopefully Axe FX is coming with great tones and stuff like that um, oh, out yeah. of the factory. Um, but I just like, I'm thinking just, I'm just looking at them and having it described to me. Uh, I don't, I don't know. You know, they, they're, they're definitely not missing on the tone and, and hopefully they're, it doesn't seem like they're missing features to me. I don't think so. I don't know a lot about XFX as far as like the nitty gritty feature list, but it's so just personal preference right now. Like what I would have given to have this kind of processing when I was a kid. Oh my God. You know, I've got my my practice amp from when I was first starting guitar right next to me. It's a shitty Fender Solid State 8-inch speaker piece of garbage. Sounds awful. And it's like, it was good enough at the time because I really wanted to play guitar. And at some point, like, you you graduate to, like, understanding tone and understanding gear, but not being able to afford it yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Stuff like this, I mean, this is still a lot of money. It costs as much as an amp, but it's way better <laughs> in a lot of ways you know, for it's the two dudes in a macbook of of amps and pedals you know <laughs> so anyway circling back um my live rig i play through a really crispy and jumped ac30 with greenbacks um of which alex from copper sound built me a little amp switcher for the reverb and tremolo that is built in so i have that on a foot switch that's on my pedal board do um, they not normally have a switcher uh, it probably came with one, but when I bought, I bought oh, it used, oh, so it I didn't have one. Uh, he built me a cool one that um, the color matches the control panel, that like reddish, pinkish color, yeah. kind of neat. And then the what's really rad is I the standby switch. No, what is it? The, yeah, power on the, is a red light, and then standby on is a green light on AC30s. So oh. I had him do the red and the green light for reverb and tremolo. Oh, okay. Awesome. So that matches, which is kind of cool. cool. Um, but I run in first into a Polytune, just a, a Polytune 1, actually, an old old yeah, boy. I still got that, too. Yeah. Uh, an Ernie Ball volume pedal, courtesy of Justin. <laughs> <laughs> still a, going. Which, actually, it's squeaking many, like crazy Oh, now. it's squeaking. <laughs> yeah. You probably WD-40. Yeah, it's funny when we do demos and stuff, just like live in the room, you can hear it like. <laughs> 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 like I do have to spray it down, but um, that's still working. How, is, how many times is the Kevlar broken? It hasn't on this one. I, it broke on my last one, but it hasn't broken yet. Hmm. Knock on wood or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, then the Copper Sound Custom Stutter Volume, which is a momentary switch with a with a volume pot on it. Uh, MXR Script Phase 90, a full-tone plimsoll, which is just the freaking best-sounding thing. Oh, my God. Uh, exotic Effects EP Booster, an old, not, not that old, but, like, old-to-me small clone, a EHX small clone. This is, the, like, the second or third guitar pedal I ever bought. Yeah, and it's, it looks it's like still, it. It does look like it. I had another chorus for a while and just returned to the small clone because it's just it's got the thing. Yeah. Then into the the very new Copper Sound Loma Prieta uh, Tremolo, which is killer. It's being heavily featured on a new Delaney song. Up to the Old Blood Noise Endeavors Procession Reverb, which has a, a modulation in the reverb, so you can add tremolo to the 
to Decay, which I really, really love, mm, mm. or Phaser or Flanger. Then into a Strymon timeline, which is also pretty new. That I'm basically just saving custom sounds for each song. Yeah, and you'll worry about it in 999 songs from now. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so the, the drawback of that is... Now on our set list, I have to write down the number bank they're in because I can't remember. <laughs> Can you move them? Um, I think you could if I were to hook it up to something to that could computer. send MIDI. Yeah, or US, it doesn't have USB? I can't remember now. I don't think it does. Really? I think it does. Gonna, uh, let me Google that for you. Google that for me. Uh, but I could reorder them, but they're, the first six are the six from the EP, so that's easy to remember. But then after that, they're just... Stuff's going to fall out of order. As we write them, pretty much. Yeah. And then when we play live, it's not like we play the EP in order every time, so... They're yeah. all over the place. It's, it's not a big deal. I just I remember a, a few of them. It gets a little better every time. <laughs> yeah. It does not appear to have a USB... Yeah, I think it'll do like USB over something else. MIDI, maybe, I guess. I don't know. So I don't let's, know much. Hold on. There's there's gotta be a function for this. These guys thought of everything. Save presets. Copy. Oh, so there is a firmware thing, so for a timeline. It looks like you do it over MIDI. What? Yeah, so I found an update your firmware page from twenty fifteen in regards to timeline and it's telling you to use um use MIDI. You, so it fires the firmware over MIDI? It would appear so. S- timeline? Strymon Timeline Librarian. <laughs> you need a MIDI interface. So you can find these these random little $30 MIDI, MIDI to USB interfaces. And yeah, so Could you... Could I use my HX stop? Uh, it's USB and has MIDI USB out. and has MIDI, so probably... Yeah, that will so probably crazy. appear to macOS as that'll appear as a as a MIDI device. So yeah, so then you you plug it in and then MIDI setup. Choose your in out ports as and you would set them as HX stomp like whatever it is. Upload the firmware to the Strymon, and then you have device list, work list, fetch, sync, open, save all, load one, rename, move, swap, replace. Yeah. So this is how you do it. And then you just have lists. You can store them on your computer. You can flash them back out to Strymon oh, see, in a different order. This is order. interesting because I watched, um, I watched a rig rundown for the guys in Circus Survive. Mm-hmm. And one of them said that he's using a Big Sky or a Timeline, one of the big Strymon pedals. And he's like, yeah, you know, whatever the set list is, we just load it on. Yeah. And I was like, how do you, is somebody this, sitting this there like, how... moving these presets manually on the device? That would take forever. <laughs> Nope, like there Sam Rody has got the worst job, but so, like, I guess you just load them right through. Yeah, this is what you got to do. You got your first six, and then as your songs start to form, you occasionally just like reflash the thing in the corrected order. It's that is almost more work than just writing it down. Like it takes five it's seconds. Not going to write gonna it be once you're creating. Yeah, but once when I'm they when they all get, when they get to be songs. dozens of numbers away from each other. That's true. You don't. I just. I don't think I would not want to be banking like that. Yeah, right now they're all within like 12. So so you're clicking it that many times when you're supposed to be tuning, Derek? No, I'm. but if I'm already on 10 and I'm going up to 12, it's not that big a deal. Oh, I thought you were you know meaning I mean? they were 12 from each other. No, no, no. Like they're within, I think no. I have up to like 15 in like with songs in progress and everything. Um, 
So, like, you know, we might go from, like, track two on the EP to, like, track six, then back to track one, and then, like, bank up three more from there. Like, it's it's just all over the place is what I mean. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and I do have a bank of just basic quarter note delay and basic dotted eighth delay that I can pull out and then tap in a tempo as needed. So anyway, that's my rig. Yeah, This, t- cool. this show has taken forever already. <laughs> oh my God, we've talked for so long. Uh, this is fine. This is like a new and different thing for us. Like we're actually like having a discussion show. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Should I talk about my guitar gear? So, okay, so here's here's the deal with, here's the deal with Justin. Um, I, I'm a studio rat now and like yeah. I did not, so when I moved to Ohio, that was like right as we we had discussed this podcast, but we had not actually started it until I moved away. <laughs> Which yeah, is, like two weeks after you moved two away. Two weeks we, we were like, okay, yeah. let's get it going. Um, we had the idea before you moved away. <laughs> at that point, since that since that point, I have not joined a band out here, um, and I'm fine. I I you know as much as I liked aspects of playing music and bands and stuff. It's a ton of work and I'm I personally am perfectly happy not having to haul my gear around for who knows how many people are going to even turn up at this show. And I know you all know what I'm talking about. So um <laughs> anyway, I have lots of stuff around here. I didn't really get rid of anything. Um Yeah. But, but it's I, just it lives in the studio. It lives in than- the studio and and I don't play guitar that much. In fact, this show, I play guitar for the sake of this show yeah, almost like as much as I play guitar for anything else. Like, you got to understand, that's not very much. Like, I do not have proper calluses anymore, you guys. You guys, he said on mm. his own guitar podcast. Um, well, to be fair, though, that was also part of the the angle of this show when we started. It yeah, was like, sure. he's the working guitar player, <laughs> and he's the studio guy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> what hijinks will they get into next? <laughs> right? Like it was, that was the whole, what a wacky we were trying premise. to, when we were trying to have discussions and stuff like we yeah. do now, that was going to be the perspective was like, right. I was going to be right. able to bring like gigging ideas and, and stuff for yeah. like more full time. Not that I am a full time musician at all, but like that sort of attitude versus the studio angle. Yeah. And I think that still comes across, I think, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but so I still have uh, the stuff. I have the amp that I used to gig with, which uh, both both of my amps are these little, like handmade thingy mabobbers, um, fairly customized. Kind of the this guy that I knew back in New England who built them, uh, just kind of made them uh, one of them for himself, and then just sold it. And that's how I met him. And then the other one uh, built specifically like with my sort of specs in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're both pretty different from each other. One of them's a lot louder. Um, but they're, they're very, um, they're very like weird and, and aren't unmarked and, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, they do different, you know, the tone stack on the red, the red one is a, uh, it's a dual, uh, EL84 amp mm-hmm. and it has a tube rectifier. Oh, right. I didn't know that. <laughs> you didn't know that? Yeah. No. I, I told him I wanted I wanted something like a small Vox, except with a tube rectifier. 
and and a, we put a double stacked master volume on it so that a post phase inverter master volume mm-hmm. with this you have to buy this crazy pot that's a dual brush pot wow um and yeah so that one has that one has a base mid treble but they are they are this thing that i thought was called baxendall remember at the i is think it I, additive is that you yeah. that sounds, so yeah. it's it's some different kind of tone stack where if you if i turn all three of them down the amp makes no no sound yeah whereas well, like, i think it, on traditional guitar amps like those don't add bass middle treble it's like if they were on 10 it would be the full no i think no. traditional like if you walk up to a marshall there's a zero at 12 o'clock and then you've got a plus and a minus what yeah no yeah what I think so. Oh my god! No, this, you think not, you think all the well, way up is flat on a Marshall? I don't think so. Man. I don't know. I, well, I've actually never thought of this until but right now. <laughs> uh, no, because uh, like that's the joke, right? Oh, most amps go to ten, right? And these go to eleven. Yeah, um, on the volume. So yeah, okay, so the joke maybe is the, all across the board. Remember? <laughs> yeah. Let me hold on. I'm looking at a JCM 800. No, they go two, four, six, eight, ten. Okay, all right. Well, I I always believed, and I I still I, this isn't dissuading me just because they're marked like that. I think yeah, okay. noon, which I guess is five, is flat on on the, those EQs. That right. Anyway, on this right. amp, it's yes. not like that. They are so oh, on my gig amp, it is like that. Noon, yes. noon is flat on all three, and you can cut or boost. Um, the red one has some funny things. So usually they're almost all the way down, but they. What the hell am I saying? No, that makes perfect sense. Like I don't, I don't know where I had this idea from. That they were should be dimed to be flat. What am I? Th- oh, I'm no, I'm thinking of um, friggin' guitar tone pots. Yeah, like wide open, it's uncolored. Yeah, and, and like you're, like you're, the yes. high cut on your amp. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Which is essentially a, I'm not, almost listen, the same everyone, thing. I'm dumb. I'm not that dumb. <laughs> Just cut me okay. some slack. So the big amp that I used to gig with is more more usual in the sense that the tone stack is more traditional. It has two 6L6 sockets. Um, I like it with 5881s in it. They're very compressy. Mm-hmm. They're very like pushy. Uh, and not as clean as as they're not like as linear as 6L6s are. Uh, they sound like, they sound like it's trying so hard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> your and, amp is such a try hard. <laughs> yeah. And, and then they've got, you know, your typical stuff in the beginning. There's like a couple of tubes. There's like a, a input and then a, a phase inverter and there's something else. There's like a tube for the tone stack. I think that each of these have three preamp tubes in them. And that one also has a tube rectifier. It has two sockets, but they are in parallel so you can depending on what kind of tubes you put in like i have some typical ones that are five yr fours i I always forget the designation for for um yeah uh for power supplied tubes but anyway i if i have these lower powered ones i I can use two or i can Mm -hmm. pull one and then it's like really squishy you know, like yeah. it, it'll it'll sag, like way sag. Um, <laughs> or I can use two, and it sounds kind of like a normal, pretty typical. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I can actually pull one, and I have I have this. He gave me one, this RCA one from back in the day, and it's some like very juicy. Uh, oh, cool. Uh, 
rectifier tube and he was like don't use two of these <laughs> so <laughs> like that for one, the sake of your safety <laughs> yeah like that one has so much guts that it probably set it like you know it would sound closer to a solid state um yeah rectifier uh but anyway yeah that's that's their deal though that one sounds pretty cool with bass too sometimes if i do reamping mm-hmm. of bass here in the studio it sounds it sounds pretty cool i have cool. a few cabs i have this like random little 112 thing that i put an old speaker in my the one that i gigged with was a 212 from avatar it was like a it's like an open back thingy mm-hmm. it has vintage a vintage 30 in it and the i thought it was a black back no, it's a it's a helitone from Avatar. Can, will sell you Celestian speakers as well. Yeah. They will sell you a Vintage Thirty, or they will sell you a helitone, which is their own like sticker. It is a Vintage Thirty that they have aged. They like worked it out by like putting it oh. on a machine and um, running signal through it for X hours or whatever. They right. cost the same price, so I was like, okay. so anyway, helitone is it is a broken in, which I. I am not certain is not hocus pocus, but anyway, they did it, and mm-hmm. I don't care because it was the same price. And the other one is the other speaker is um, actually a what, it, what? Oh, they they straight up start with a vintage thirty. Yes, they and, buy okay. a vintage thirty, they do this to it, and then they sell it as a helitone, and but yeah, they don't okay. mark it up, so I don't care. Yeah. Okay. The, so I back in the day, I found this 412 cab at Daddy's Junkie Music in Portsmouth, New Hampshire when that store existed. And it had a hole in the grill. And I was like, what's, you know, it had a low price tag on it. I was like, what's the story with this bad boy? And the guy down there was like, yeah, some clown shoved a guitar through the speaker. Uh, But he glued it back together and it sounds okay. And, and I like, looked at it and he like more. glued it like it looks like black, some kind of black glue and pieced the cone back together. Um, and I played it and I was like, all right, you know, and it's so it's it has the kind of it's a Marshall cab, but it has the kind of grill cloth that like the AX ones have yeah, the now. older that salt and pepper kind of yeah cloth. and it's it's yeah. so it looks like one of the older kind of deals um so I played it happily for a while at some point I decided I wanted to know what was in it and I took the back off I don't know why it took me so long but it had uh, and I traced down the serial numbers it had um, 1979 G1265s in it 65? yes they are 60 essentially they are like a slightly different sounding 65 watt version of a greenback the G1260 Heritage Series. So Celestion, right now yeah, you okay. can buy the Heritage Series G1265, and it's essentially this, a reissue. It's the same speaker. Yeah, sorry. I was thinking of the G1275. They made That's a 75 as well. One, right? That's the Van Halen one. So this is the that was the like Van Halen wanted greenbacks that could handle their balls or something. And G12H75, right? Yeah. So these are the 10 watts lighter version of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Um so anyway, so I had that, and I that was when I played a 412. I eventually, I got rid of the, that was the speed of film. Actually, the theme yeah. music to this podcast is recorded with that cab. We were just talking about that today. And the you and, and I, the yeah. the big amp, the, the 5881 amp that I was talking about. And the Hot Chili Tubester, because that was... Yeah, that was, I saw <laughs> one of those recently. I think I texted it to you. I had this distortion pedal called the Hot Chili Tubester, and it was like, it was like a true high-voltage tube pedal. Wasn't uh, it ma- the DS1 circuit, or was it just a rumor? 
That is a rumor uh, because he glopped all his circuits. Oh, and yeah. as far as I could tell, nobody ever figured out what it was. I deglopped mine even because it started not working and I was trying to repair it. So here's one on reverb for, well, it's sold, but it was 325 yeah. yeah. I did not pay that. They've gotten even more rare and stuff since then. Anyway, it was it was pretty cool. Yeah. My tube drive is is much better. My Effecto yeah. tube drive is and, a, you and know more reliable. Yeah, but I don't think that existed when I got the hot chili thing. So uh, eventually, I didn't want that four twelve anymore. So I, in my infinite wisdom, <laughs> got this empty Avatar cab. It was a scratch and dent that I got for like nothing. <laughs> Super discount, <laughs> and I can't find I can't find the dent, you guys. So anyway. Uh, but I got it. I put two of those. So here's what I did. Here's what I did. I took the four speakers out of the 412 cab and I sold two of them to some clown in Australia for for <laughs> real. For for real, like like two hundred dollars a piece plus oh shipping. God. Because what? Because you were just looking on Celestion, right? What can you buy a G1265 Heritage? I think they're for? like one thirty. Wait, really? Uh, G1265. I thought they were like some of the really big reissue ones. 159. 159. Okay, well that's a lot more than like you can get a vintage 30 for. Yeah, vintage 30 is like 110, 115. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think I think at the time the price difference was bigger. The G1265 was going for like a lot. But anyway, I made some I made more I I I slightly more than broke even on the cab, the Avatar cab. Then I took the other two speakers, which included the broken one. I kept the one that was glued together because obviously I wasn't going to try to sell the one that had tears in it. Well, and it sounded fucking great. So. Well, yeah. So <laughs> the thing is, it didn't, it didn't, it had an age limit. So I still have the one that wasn't, I actually still have both of them, but the one that was torn, it started to give out. It started yeah. to have a rattle to it eventually. So I pulled that one out. That's why I put the Helitone in it. So this cab currently has the Helitone and the G1265. So it's sort of, it, it works fine. One of them's a 65 watt and the other one's a 30 or a 60 watt, <laughs> but they're, um, cause I always forget vintage thirties or 60 watts, but anyway, it's, it's perfectly fine. Uh, and it sounds yeah. cool. So I have sort of two different tones in that box. And then I have this, I had this Roland bass cube, uh, little bass amp thingy. It was like a 110 uh, combo amp from, and, and I, I pulled the amp out and like covered up the hole and, and just put a jack in it. So that's oh, now oh, a bass yeah. cab. <laughs> uh, so that's, so awesome. that's what I do when I reamp bass. I run it into this little like Roland 110 <laughs> uh, bass cab from, with my, my big amp. Awesome. Um, yeah. And so I, I use them from time to time. I'll tell you though, most of the time I am just plugging right into Apollo um, mm -hmm. When I'm recording whoever or recording myself for pedal demos, it's, you know, the Angle Savage 120 model is fabulous and can sound like so many different things. And I have a couple of other models, too, that I get into occasionally. But mm -hmm. um, should I get my pedal suitcase? I have a briefcase with all my pedals in it now. <laughs> sure. Because I got rid of my pedal board. Actually, you know what? I still have my pedal board. I just, it takes up so much floor space. I took everything out of it. Oh, um, yeah, I actually yeah. tried to like Craigslist it and nobody seemed to want it. Hmm. Um, it's pretty cool, but it's also really big and heavy. So um, yeah, weight is definitely a concern for me for this kind of stuff. Like when I got my new pedal board, I was on the fence about yeah. the soft bag, but because the other option was a more expensive, uh, like rolling hard shell case from pedal train, but the soft bag is totally 
plenty. Yeah. And it keeps the weight down. It's got a shoulder strap. It's easier to carry. I think um, yeah. since when I got that pedal board, like the whole pedal train thing was like just sort of starting and, mm-hmm. you know, it, you had these, uh, SKB was kind of the, the most accessible yeah, had, thing like, the at the time. Yeah, bays built right in. Yeah, and that's kind of... Uh, yeah. So anyway, that uh, yeah, I can see why people aren't really interested in this anymore. But okay, mm-hmm. so here's my my pedal suitcase, um, the random stuff that's in here that I dig out occasionally if somebody needs it. Still have the tube drive. Yay! Yeah, it's all all tube. Uh, there are three three dual triode tubes in here. Um, two AX sevens and an AT seven. Although I used to put an AX seven in that too. I think that's the one that's running the tone stack though. Um, oh, okay. So I don't know if it makes much of a difference. Um, yeah, I have a serial number six zero two zero five. That that guy's fun. Um, I have I have a TC flashback, the original mm-hmm. flashback, the original, which has some cool sounds in, it, even though it's little and kind of weak for a delay pedal these days, but. <laughs> yeah. At the time though, that was that thing was a big deal when that came it, out. It was really big deal for the price. Yeah. Because that was, was the that's the deal with TC, right? It was suddenly like, oh, we don't need to buy boss anymore. Like yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. TC came in yeah. with. All right. Super trim. I think there are up to new versions of this now, but this is the one that had the great big knobs that you can turn with your feet. Yeah. From full tone. Um cool tremolo. Really great. Um Makes your guitar kind of sound good even when it's turned all the way off. So if you just, there's a mix and a rate knob. And if you just have the mix down and instead of turning the pedal on and off, you just turn the mix up, Mm -hmm. uh, it's cool because it kind of makes everything sound great. Uh, Okay, I got a couple of, I got three weird ones. Uh, (laughs) Let's hear it. Okay. So these, this is the junk I built. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So this is my little volume thing. So this was my clean tone for a while. My my Effectrode tube drive wasn't always on, and I made a switch with a giant knob, the same knob that's on the full tone Super Trim, that was a volume pot, and and I I put a little treble bleed circuit in it as well. Um, so I I could just steer this to you know. Uh, like it's a it's an unbooster. It's a, the unbooster, right? The reverse right, yeah. boost. Yeah. So I, I would put it. I would leave it at like eleven o'clock, and that would be like this perfect spot for like a crunch or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's it has a Borns pot in it. It's very fancy and paper and oil c- cap doing the treble bleed. This is a optical compressor, mm-hmm. the two knob optical compressor from Build Your Own Clone which I did a funny little paint pattern on. Um, I didn't paint this one. This is an octave fuzz from Build Your Own Clone. Nice. It is a very simple fuzz and has a passive, you know, octave thing that's done Mm -hmm. with a transformer. Um, So the the Effectrode needs its own 12-volt, that is, because I think it uses 1.2 amps, and at 12 volts, and it's also mm-hmm. the polarity is backwards from what most pedals are. I think he did mm-hmm. that on purpose so that it would not accidentally turn on with the wrong supply plugged into it and uh, burn something out. Wise. <laughs> yeah, um, but I made myself a power supply. I got tired of this sort of junk, so I just like got a case and drilled like air vents in it, and I made, I wanted... Uh, 9 volts and 18 volts and 12 volts. I was actually thinking that I, I tried to make this robust enough to 
run the effect road off as well. Everything would run off this. The effect road never had enough juice. It would always kind of sound noisy and weird. Oh. And I put a mm-hmm. bunch of ports. So there, I think I put two 12-volt ports, three nines, or maybe it was four nines, two 12s, and two 18s. Um, but Does the Supertrum run at 18? Yeah, I think so. The compressor definitely does. Mm-hmm. The compressor can. Super trim. It just says nine volt. Oh, okay. Um, maybe not. Then. Uh, so I think it was the compressor that, and and that's you know having that extra high voltage on a compressor is nice. It makes it a lot quieter because you are scooping up a lot of noise. So yeah, so I just bought three transformers, and here they are sticking out of the top of my power pedal supply. <laughs> yeah. This thing weighs like like probably eight full pounds. Um, <laughs> so let's see. So where's my the little one is my Okay, so the little one is a 12 so, so here's the the mistake I made is you you want to overshoot these things uh mm-hmm. if you're pulling any amperage through it because there's basically this is very simple there's filtering capacity you know there's capacitors for filtering there is a um a I built a bridge rectifier out of four diodes this is very simple stuff. You just make a diamond shape out of diodes. So AC goes in on two corners and DC comes out the other two corners because diodes only, only um, electricity can only flow one way through. So it's a okay. one, it's essentially, if you think of a hose, it's a one-way valve. So the okay. diodes yep. take AC in, but it only goes through one way. And when it's flowing, the other, the other half of the AC wave flows through the other diode. Right, because they're in a yep, diamond yep, configuration. So it. super simple. Um, that, that's a basic bridge rectifier. Put that through, uh, and then voltage regulators at the mm-hmm. correct voltage to smooth out the ripple and stuff, because that's where you get like the noise. So I have an 18 volt transformer that's supplying the 18 volt rails. I have a 12 volt transformer that is worth uh, 0.35 amps supplying the nine volts. And then I wanted something beefy for the 12 volt rail. I got a 2.0 amp transformer for the 12 volt rail, but it's only outputting at 12 volts already. So the voltage regulator has nowhere to, it has nothing to carve off. So yeah. there's still a bunch of ripple in it, and it comes off as noise. It basically sounds like static when you plug the tube drive into oh, that's it. That's too bad. Yeah. So if I had swapped out that transformer for the trouble is with that high amperage, they get really big. Uh, and yeah, so right. I don't know if I have enough physical space on this to put a bigger transformer in it. Yeah. But, but it has a fuse built into it and everything. It's really pretty cool. And I cut vents above the voltage regulators where they have their little heat sinks and stuff like that. And and it all worked great. And I was very proud of myself because I'm not an electrical I, engineer. I would not do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would kill myself doing that. <laughs> yeah, well, there's nothing that... It, this isn't like a tube amp. No, you could zap yourself, but you wouldn't hurt. Yeah, At tw- 18 volts, you wouldn't hurt yourself. Um, so... Yeah, that's oh, and and my guitars, of course, you got to have something to plug into these things. Yeah, right. So I have a the, the very first guitar that I ever had when I was in middle school. I was in like seventh grade or something. Um, it's a jazz bass, a Mexican J bass mm-hmm. with a sunburst, the classic J bass, and it's still pretty cool. You know, for a Mexican bass, it's pretty cool. I mean, th- that's old enough now that th- those. 
<laughs> like th- there's a traceable difference between years of yeah. even Mexican bases around then. So well, mine yeah, has traceable difference in rust from other bases. <laughs> um, I played that bass in a heavy metal band for a little while. <laughs> Uh, awesome. And it got so sweaty. I think that's where most of the rust came from and most Dude, of the dents my, too. It's um, got some gnarly dents because I used to throw that thing around. My Strat, like, it looks like it has black screws in it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, those, those 11 screws on the pickguard or whatever there are. Right, it, right. It, They all look black. They're all just rusted out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I have this counterfeit Les Paul <laughs> <laughs> on the wall back here. Uh I can my my own video thumbnail is in the way. Oh, you can't. All right, I'm putting it down. Uh, there so, we go. Yeah, and now your okay, microphone's uh, in the way. <laughs> that's yeah. I have seen that. Yeah. Yeah, it's not it's not a counterfeit. It's from this guy Paul Diodati, who was making guitar. He had a guitar shop in Exeter, New Hampshire, mm-hmm. and he just he found the factory that would make you a counterfeit Les Paul if you wanted to. <laughs> you know, like the Chinese or Japanese or whatever it is that. The overseas factory that, that they just don't care. He had yeah. them put his headstock on it, so I guess he's if he was still in business, which he's not, he would be into the same trouble as Dean or whatever. Yeah, right. But it's um, it's a like a a basically Les Paul standard spec. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it had something similar to PAF pickups in it. Um, nice. I changed one of them. Because at the time I wanted to start playing it, and it didn't. It sounded too different from my Telecaster at the time, uh, and I wanted something that didn't have as much low end. So I changed the pickup, um, and it's it's pretty cool. I think nowadays, like I probably would be cooler if I still had the other pickup. But anyway, um, mm-hmm. it's there. Oh, I refinished it too. I didn't like the color that it was, so I like sanded off all the finish. It's got a like a curly maple top thing and I sanded it all the way down to raw wood and restained it and everything that was a bear I wouldn't do that again (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and then I have my Telecaster that I um, built I had I originally had a Tele that was a Korean thing Uh, Mm -hmm. and I the only part of that that is still that my first Telecaster is the neck pickup (laughs) every other piece has been one by one swapped out yeah (laughs) There's a term for that. It's the name of some old ship that, like, when yeah. they would replace boards on a ship back in the day. Right, like, right. There was some ship that they ended up replacing all of it. Yeah. And they were like, well, is it, is is it, it the still this? <laughs> what the, do we call it? That's like, the Star Trek that problem, right? Like, if you dematerialize yeah. someone in a transporter and rebuild them out of different molecules from different energy, yeah, it's not the that, same person. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I forget what the term is, but it's yeah. like... Yeah, it's, it's named <laughs> after whatever that ship was. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and I have my acoustic too, which is what I was playing tonight because my wife and I were working on a song. This is cool. a, this I found randomly in a shop. It's a Fender. I think it is from the late 80s. It is a Korean made thing. And it's um, it's kind of cool. It sounds very mm-hmm. different than most guitars, uh, most acoustics. It has way less bass Resonance. It is the ship of Theseus. The ship of Theseus. It is a thought experiment. I don't. It, may, it might not be. Might not be a real thing at on, all. Yeah, I, I think it's more of a. I guess it's not maybe a real ship, but anyway, that's all. Ship of Theseus. Fun, <laughs> okay. fun fact. The ship of thought. Yeah. Um, so that's a. Is there anything I'm forgetting? Probably not. Uh, I don't think so. I don't I mean, know. I mean, I'm not there. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, oh, I almost forgot. Oh, Greg, I have a metal zone. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's just here kind of for funsies yeah uh, oh I have this thing it's called like a thumb piano that we, you've heard this yeah that's pretty fun I have uh now we're just like going through the gear we have stand by oh is my headphone gonna reach I think we've extended beyond the spirit of the segment <laughs> yeah, I mean this is not this is not part of my rig, but I have a guitar. I have a ukulele-sized guitar. It's um, it's a six-string ukulele that is tuned A to A. Oh, nice. It's fun for like if I'm working from home and I don't have like a guitar guitar here, I can just like kind of noodle yeah. on this thing. It's 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 great. Uh, I I as a <laughs> I just don't believe in travel guitars. Um, <laughs> but if I were to like need something to travel that was small for whatever reason, this would totally be it. Yeah. You said my, my dad has this baby Taylor that he brought with to our vacation last couple, a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's small, but it seems like a fairly legit guitar. I think most travel size guitars still have a full scale length, right? Uh, it might looked, be short scale or something, short but they're scale. right. But they're they're not this size. I mean, this is this is, it is bigger sized. than that. Yeah, but it is like smaller than a regular guitar. So let's see, Baby Taylor. It's funny, like it has a, um, it has like a screw that you can see. Oh, it folds, right? Is no, well, I don't. I don't think so. He's well. I don't know if it does. So the he Baby didn't do Taylor, that I thought, was a bolt-on, and it bolted from the front, right? Yeah, it, you, there's a yeah, screw yeah. in the front of the fretboard. Um, I think it's this mahogany one. Is the one he got? I don't know. I don't know which one it is. Yeah, this is the this is the deal. So yeah, four four fifty US for one of these. Let's see what this. What's the, what's I just the like oh, when I see I have the same problem with a travel mouse. You know, if you're a business person with a travel mouse, mice yeah. computer mice are small enough already. You don't need a smaller one. So twenty two and three quarters. That's a Gibson scale length. Yeah, so it's not even. Oh wait, no, I'm sorry. Twenty two and three quarters. Twenty two. No, that is short scale. Sorry. Okay. Gibson is twenty four and three quarters. It's a, it's a nineteen fret. Cool. And it has a gig bag. Body is fifteen and three quarters inches long. Um, yeah. That's awesome. And it's, it's like, it's a guitar. I mean, it's just a little, little one. A little boy. The thing about like some travel guitars is like, they're still an approximate size to a full size guitar. So yeah, it looks, smaller. it looks kind of like that guitar is kind of small, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Know? But like in the interest of, if I'm going to fit it on a plane, like it's still, it's pretty close. You know, if we're talking yeah. cases and putting it on, bringing it with you, packing it in a car, yeah, every inch counts, I guess. But like, yeah, come on, they're pretty much the same. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think he wanted to bring his his other tailors. His that's big, that's big, a bad different story. Yeah. <laughs> right, that's the reason to bring He's one of those. Happier carrying a, a five hundred dollar tailor instead of a yeah three thousand dollar tailor or whatever yeah. so um, how about um how about this let's save this other news item till next time yeah because this is all we have this is sort of a not a bonus, bonus episode but it's sort of an in-betweener yeah for us yeah. it is <laughs> yeah so this is yeah 142 and yeah yeah so i also want to point out we got a lot of really good feedback from the last couple episodes 
which I really appreciate. Mm -hmm. So if you like what you're hearing, please let us know, uh, whether it be messaging one of us directly, email, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, like all that stuff. Um, leaving reviews on Anchor or wherever you're hearing this podcast, uh, iTunes, Spotify. And Spotify do reviews? I don't know. For podcasts? I'm not sure. Does Spotify do reviews? But anyway, uh, if you like what the podcast and you are a guitar person or a music person that digs this kind of thing, please share it with your friends. We appreciate that kind of stuff. And it also yeah. just like makes us feel good. You know, when people are like, hey, I love the most recent episode. Like, oh, man. That's great. Yeah. Uh, I dig that. Like, I'm just a guy being a dude, you know, and, uh, you know, getting a little attaboy on your free podcast is, it feels, mm-hmm. feels nice. <laughs> Podcasts do have reviews on Spotify, by the way. Excellent. So yeah, leave us a review, a rating, if, if you are so kind. If you listen to uh, us on Spotify, look at your phone right now and punch <laughs> that, punch that hamburger button. <laughs> um, what else, what else, what else? The Tone Jerks told me that they might have us, um be involved in some sort of contest over on their show. Oh, okay. What do we have so, to do? Uh, I think there's going to be some heavy judgment involved. <laughs> like, would they need... Do I have need... to judge something or am I being judged? No, we, we will be judges, I think. Oh, okay. So more on that soon, hopefully. Okay. I think they're still ironing out what it is they want to do. Yeah. But uh, a little teaser for you. I'm good for either. I mean, I, I, I accept that if I offer judgment, I need to <laughs> receive judgment. So. Right. Um. Yeah, man. That sounds that sounds about right. Um. So, yeah. Let's let's wrap it up. Let's wrap okay. it up. All right, boys. Thank you all. <laughs> See you later, people, humans. To all the components out there in the tone control circuit, thanks for listening. And robots, and also robots. All right. <laughs> I, for one, welcome our new robot overlords. (laughs) 